everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. Slash coffee date slash a date with ID. Tonight we're going to be discussing an episode of the series called Suspicion. Are you familiar? Are you very familiar with this series? Yeah, didn't we watch another one from this? We did. We did Death Next Door. So can you tell me what the difference is between Suspicion and Fear Thy Neighbor? I don't... Fear Thy Neighbor is usually about a feud that goes very bad. It is not about suspecting that your neighbor is a murderer. It is about a feud that starts innocuous and ends up with a murder, usually. Sometimes not. Something bad happens. Okay, and ending with an incident, murder or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's incidented up in there. Yeah. (laughs) So when, okay, so how many suspicion episodes have you seen? I have no idea. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just curious to see if they're all, I'm trying to find a pattern with this show and I. That's, that's where you're going wrong. There's no pattern to ID network shows. So the dentist shows are not about dentists, deadly dentists. Well, yeah, but that's not a pattern. That's calling a show after what the show is about. But this is what I'm saying. That's why I feel like these like episodes might belong in Fear Thy Neighbor, but I'll have to watch some Fear Thy Neighbor. I I feel like I've only seen one. Yeah, no. Okay. Anyways, it just, it seems like Suspicion is a very general name for what these episodes are. Yes, and it is. So maybe when they don't know where to place something, it goes in Suspicion. Um, I think I've seen this story on other episodes of other shows. So I think they use a lot of the same cases. And I find that and put very, it wherever. I find that it's, very disappointing. No, it's delightful because then there's a familiarity as you're watching it. Yeah, that is true. Have you met Monique before? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Um, I feel like I'd remember. I'll grill you about this as we continue, but let's get started. We are in season one, episode three, The Cozy Cove Killings, which sounds a lot cuter than it actually is. It reminded me of when Peggy Hill sells cozy kitchen products and then gets in deep with the company and they come after her because she's a Cozy Cove representative. And it's an MLM, right? Oh, it's it's like a violent MLM. What? what is she selling? I don't remember it. What is she selling? Like frying pans and stuff. Oh, okay. And they all try to fake their deaths to get in to get away from the company. I need to watch that. I don't remember that episode at all. At all. I have no memory of it, which means it'll be like watching it for the first time. I'm excited. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. I'm so I think it's called Peggy's Gone to Pot, maybe. Okay. Because of the pots and pans. Gone to Pot. Is it later season? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, this has nothing to do with any of that. Cozy Cove Killings is not cute. It's actually pretty dreadful. So we open on this really creepy footage of a little girl's underwear drawer. It's not, that's not great. I'm just gonna. No, it's just an ad for Kmart. No, but you know, because you're watching ID Network that that's not, that's not gonna go well. And then we see a lady tied up. So is she an employee in the back of Kmart? Is she mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. She's testing They're out playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like a... They're testing the ropes. <laughs> is it like a Sheila Davalu game? Yeah. Okay. So there we see a lady tied up. There's like a bloody looks like a stab wound in the back and like blood dripping down her back. Um, and we have hearing a voiceover of a woman telling us that it started with an underwear obsession and escalated to murder as things do that's a natural progression yeah 
that is on the creep zone, that is, yeah, you're starting at one or two and you're going up to 50. So that's how it went for me. Okay. I feel like an underwear obsession actually puts you more in the 35 range. So you're already pretty high up with that. Mm -hmm. Um, We open after our lovely intro with a family riding bikes in the most beautiful fall countryside Mm -hmm. I've ever seen in my life. They're by a lake. Um, Monique is our main interview. She's a, I described her as a pretty clean brunette. I, I don't know why. She seems very clean to me. She has very nice skin. Very nice skin, very clean hair that's in kind of a a lessened Farrah faucet. It's feathered, feathered out to the side. Um, Your standards for interviewees are just that they have showered, basically. Yeah, but she seemed extra clean. Her makeup was well-placed. Dove, maybe. Right. Like, she showers maybe every day. Cold cream. During the quarantine, she is still continuously an everyday showerer, is my assumption. Yeah. What is showering? Not many people do, which is why I'm describing her as clean. Uh, She's middle-aged and she's telling us about her husband, Ron. Ron was a transport driver, basically a trucker, and I didn't know what a transport driver was. And we find out why in about 30 seconds. Um, They met when she was a truck stop waitress on one of his trips. So I immediately was like, truck stop waitress. That's where the murder happens. No. No. Uh, it was a red herring. I was more thinking about lot lizards. And then I looked at Monique, our girl Monique, and said, that's no lot lizard. So definitely What is a lot not. lizard? Is that one of the girls? Yeah, that goes knocking on the doors. And also a truck stop um, food place, I don't think is always the same place that the trucks park. So yeah, lot no, lizards uh, are yeah, in the parking area. Okay. I kept thinking I was working as a waitress in a... I was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. But I said in my head, truck stop bar. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, So I also think that Monique's the kind that probably would have befriended the lot lizards and like brought them out hot soup. Yeah, and apple pie. Yeah, girl, you need to get that rash checked. Things like that. (laughs) So he calls her up the next day after they meet and says, hey, want to go on on one of my trucking excursions with me? And they go on a trip to someplace called Thunder Bay, which sounds magical. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, they're using pseudonyms for things because there's no place called Thunder Bay. I'm still confused about where we are. So again, this will become clear. (laughs) Um, Later, Ron and Monique get married and they decide that they want to bring their kids up in a nice, quiet area. I feel like, like most people do, because I don't know any parents that are like, I want to live in the heart of the city. Right. I want it smoky and dirty. New Yorkers. And, well, that's different. Because even then, you live in New York City. You know what I'm saying? That's still a cool thing. Um, So they decide they want to, they're looking at waterfront properties for them and their two children. When the story takes place, their daughter Miranda is 12 years old, and they have an older boy named Cameron who's 14. So they finally find their perfect waterfront property, it's on a place called Cozy Cove Lane, which is crazy. Adorable. It's like too adorable. It's also not a trailer park, which so- Cozy Cove to me sounds like like a nice trailer park. You know, it's not. It's homes. It's a very friendly neighborhood. The reenactment lady, by the way, looks a lot like Monique. We get a pretty decently oh. look. Don't you think? I- 
No, I don't. But oh. that's okay. I didn't think it was like odd. I just thought she looked like an actress playing oh. a brunette. Oh, okay. I thought as compared to Death Next Door, this was much closer. Ah. Uh, in my opinion. Okay. In the reenactment, we are seeing Monique doing laundry, and she's going through her laundry and noticing that some of Miranda's underroos have gone missing. Like, she's missing some of her underwear. And didn't give it too much thought, and that's all we hear about that. Next scene. It's two months later from the first time, I guess, she notices that the underwear are missing, so I think that, I don't know why. They try to give us a timeline throughout this. The timeline is way off. I'm going to tell you what the times are, but they're incorrect. That's okay. Yeah, doesn't really matter. Two months later, there's a barbecue at their neighbors, the Fullers, and we meet Russ and Shirley. Russ and Shirley are not where the barbecue is being held, so don't be confused, because this took me a minute to figure out what was going on, because we meet the entire neighborhood in this one scene. Russ works at a Canadian army base. I wrote, holy crap, they are in Canada, in all caps. So there's... All my confusion has gone away. We're in Canada. That's why everything's so cute. So you missed the part at the very beginning when on the screen it said Ontario, Canada. Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. Really? (laughs) Did it really say that? Yes, it did. I'm sorry. This is why I don't do the reenactments. <laughs> this is why I don't do the recaps. Because I miss vital information. If I've missed anything else in here, I'm quitting. I won't say anything. Oh, no, you have to tell me. But I, I won't reserve say the anything. Right to no, I quit. won't. I won't I, say anything. I reserve the right to quit in disgrace. Okay, but I'm not going to say anything. That you could just... have the whole rest of the thing wrong, and no. I wouldn't say anything. That was disgraceful. I'm so <laughs> upset and embarrassed, and you I have to leave it You were looking down, in. making a note or something. I think I was probably typing in, like, the name of the episode as it was starting, and then looked over yeah. and probably just missed yeah. it, as luck would have it. Great. But I like that it was so shocking to you it was that it shocking. was, like... They were, holy crap, we've been on Mars this whole time, and I didn't know. I like, didn't, it's just Canada. Well, I couldn't figure out where they were. I'm like, it's not Florida. Are we in Ohio? Are we near a lake like we just were in that one episode? Are we? Where are we? I didn't know. I didn't know where we were. And then gotcha. Thunder Bay didn't sound familiar, and I'm like, San Francisco, maybe? And then everything was so pretty. And that they said he was a transport driver because she Monique said that. And I said, I'd never heard that term. Before. The thing is, though, what's weird about this episode is everyone has these really strange accents. They are Canadian mixed with almost British and someone sounds Irish. And there's a Minnesota in there, too. There's a there's few. a guy with an Irish little look. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So it's it's quite confusing. Well, the thing is, the Canadian like. Canadians don't speak that differently. No, the, these people do. They are taking it like, oh, if they're Canadian, okay. So they went home, listened to their how to speak in Canadian mm-hmm. dialect tapes. Yeah. yeah. And how to speak Canadian, comma, A. Comma, A. Yeah. And that's it. And they watched mm-hmm. like Strange Brew a thousand times. And then that's how it happened. Okay. But I don't know where the Irish came in. That was an acting choice that I did not necessarily agree No, that with. was an accident choice, not yeah. an acting choice. That was a, yeah. he didn't mean to do that. Um, it gets tricky if you're really trying to do it. So, okay. At our barbecue in Canada, oh my goodness, um, 
We we just met Russ and Shirley. Russ, Wait, so the husband's name is Ron. Yeah, I get, sorry. Okay, so confusing just right off the bat is yeah, that Ron right. and Russ and we're identical. I freaking identical and they put them in matching flannel shirts the in entire, every scene. There's one scene coming that I was like, who? When they're at the lake, I could not tell yes, who was who. that's the one. And their that's names the... are Russ and Ron. Russ and Ron. I it's so confusing. And they're in matching flannel shirts, and then they're sitting next to each other playing cribbage. Oh my god! I, so look, confusing. I, try, I think I did a good job on that part because I yeah. did. I did carefully. Oh my goodness, it was really hard. Um, basically, the actors that are playing Russ and Ron are both taller white men with the identical balding pattern. Exactly. I mean, they look the exact same. Mm-hmm. I, they could have been twins. So, mm-hmm. okay. So Russ is described as, and Russ and Shirley seem to be the main friends of Monique and Ron. Um, Russ works at the Canadian Army base, like I said, and they said he's a little bit, you know, uptight when you first meet him, but he loosens up over time. Um, We don't find out anything about Shirley. Brian is the guy overworking the grill. We get just like a... because I thought it was the other guy. Because when they say, and there's Brian, he thinks he's the mayor of the town. It does a two-shot of this other older guy and a brunette guy. You can't do a two-shot when you're saying that's so-and-so this is every why, time. This is why I'm describing the episode to you and our listeners so that they don't have this confusion. The whole um, episode, I didn't know which one Brian was because anytime she would in her mind go, was it Brian? And then they would flash back to that scene at the barbecue of the two men. Which one is Brian? So Brian is uh, the only way to tell Brian, and you figure it out later because they make reference to his weight. He's a larger guy, all white hair, older. He's some sort of a ham bone. They say that he calls himself the mayor of Cozy Cove because he's been in this area the longest. So Yeah, and I thought it was the other guy, the younger brunette guy the whole time. No, that the they were younger brunette about. guy is the neighbors. It, that is the Fuller's. I think we never meet their, get their first names. That's who. No, I think he's Jack because I wrote at the Jack. end who is there Jack Fuller. Jack Fuller is Jack Fuller is where the barbecue is taking place. But he's not manning the grill because the other guy thinks of himself as the mayor. Correct. That's correct. That's why Brian. Good Fuller, job, ID. If it sounds confusing, it's because it is. It is. We meet everyone in the space of about fifteen seconds. Also, the actress who plays um, Mer- what's her name. She had a little something of food on her face during part of that scene. Oh, that's a bummer. I know. Hormone. Hormone. This show is so fun for me with the worst topic ever. So disturbing. But I delighted in watching it. Oh, good. Okay. So then we meet Bruce and Sarah, who are a young couple who live a few doors down from Monique and Ron. And they are young and fight all the time. Um, They don't seem that young. They seem... Maybe in their late 30s, and everyone else is maybe in their late 40s. But they're known as the young couple. So huh. she doesn't want to know what they're fighting about because it's none of her business. Yeah, Canadians are polite. And I believe her. I don't think she's just saying that it is actually nosing around. I mean, she's I think not she, a nosy Nelly. No. I don't, she wouldn't, that's why we maybe wouldn't be friends with her because we would want the hot gossip. And she would be like, oh, I didn't even ask. Well, her life is about to become so much hot gossip that it's like, 
Yeah, it's rough. Um, she's got third degree burns all over. So we get go to a new scene. Barbecue's over. We met everybody. Good luck figuring out who's who. Uh, next shot is there's a fight on a porch with, is it Sarah and Bruce? Yes, it's Sarah and Bruce are fighting. Um, hard, hard to tell. I thought it was the fullest. The young, feisty couple. Yeah. <laughs> Again, they're not young enough to differentiate for me, so I was confused. Um, She's there's... blonde. She's the only blonde lady. Uh, Fuller's, what, Jack's wife isn't blonde? Oh, I forgot. Okay. She might not be. I, I just couldn't. It was such a I don't flash. know what she looks like, actually. Yeah, I miss that. So Monique is sort of seeing this fight on the porch, um, but she's definitely not nosing in, lets us know it. And then we're back in the house in Miranda's bedroom where Monique is organizing her daughter's underwear drawer. Again, it's like that's all she does. Yeah, I guess. Um, and again, underoos are coming up missing. And I do Would appreciate it. Yes. And we're going to find out why right now. The reason that she notices is because she always buys her daughter days of the week underwear. So it's, you would notice in that way if like one day was missing. Oliver had weird days of the week socks. I don't know how to describe it. They're adult version of like kid socks. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's missing days and it Mm -hmm. drives me nuts because you can't put Friday with Tuesday. I mean, you can, but you you can. It's chaos. It is a bit chaotic. So Monique is, seems, the actress playing Monique seems a little suspicious because Miranda has been spending a lot of time online. And so she goes and confronts her daughter and it's a little bit, I don't know if she's mad or what's going on, but she's worried that Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and Monday have gone missing. A, that's like the whole week. B, she forcibly, she doesn't grab her daughter, but it's like almost like that. And she's like, where have they gone? Who have you given them to? Yeah. I, I was like, I'm so, I was scared. What if she just got her period and she was embarrassed to tell you? I think, yeah, I think Monique is not happy maybe with the actor's choice in that regards. Right. I mean, it, Monique was a very gentle interview. And then her actress lady was like, who, where have they gone? Who did you give them to? And I thought she was going to slap her across the face. It was that kind of dramatic. It was very high intensity. I don't know why. And I would be like, well, if she was going to confide in you, mom, she's not going to now because she's terrified. Do you think that actress did that scene like a bunch of times? Yeah, maybe. And then they picked that one. No, no. I mean, with like at home. And oh, was yeah. like, I'm going to go with this choice or like maybe yeah. with her acting coach. Yeah. And they were like, could you try it again? Less mean. She's like, no, no, this is how I've rehearsed it. <laughs> this is the motivation for this scene. Yeah. Um, and the poor actress, the little act, the teenager was like, so went out, went and cried in her trailer. I know who has two lines and because she can't do a Canadian accent and everyone else is laying theirs on so thick. And her mom was like, they sound like us. And she's like, but nobody there sounds like me. They're all doing this accent, mom. All of them. I have to be able to do it. You got to buy me those tapes. And so, <laughs> freaking out. Okay. So after the confrontation, her daughter looks very nervous, like scared that mom might hit her because it's that intense. Well, it is that intense. And says, someone has been in my room. Hmm. And so mom like gets the look of horror on her face and it's don 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 and this was the first night that their family ever locked their doors in Cozy Cove. 
Yeah, so, they never did before. This is the beginning of the I wouldn't if I lived there. She also grabs her daughter and pulls her into a tight embrace. So. She just instantly all is forgiven and she believes her. There's no proof. There could have been like a, I don't do mice steal underwear. I don't know. They don't have a dog, but. They do have a dog. Hershey. Oh, oh, Hershey. You're right. Hershey totally stole and ate. You know how many dogs eat underwear? A lot. I guess if a ton of underwear was going missing and my 12 year old was online and I didn't know what she was doing and had just really gotten into TikTok, I think I might be suspicious too. I'm just going to say that. But when you sit down and be like, is there anything you want to talk to me about? Not where did they go? Who did you give them to? Is it possible that we're seeing this scene after that sweet conversation already (laughs) happened? They had that talk a week ago when Friday and Sunday went missing. And now now Thursday (laughs) and Monday are missing. So now we're in a whole new ballgame. Thursday is my favorite day. And you know that. (laughs) I love Thursdays. Um, Thursday's the worst. Nobody likes Thursday. Okay. So anyways. Thursday's good. It's almost Friday. Do you like Thursday? Yeah, because it's almost Friday. Okay. Do you like Fridays? I did when I had an office job. Now I'm like, oh, a dateline's on. My work week begins. <laughs> no, seriously. We're all out of whack. We're we're in trouble. Yeah. What, a party on Saturday night? No, thank no, you. No. We shan't. I'll, okay. I'll be on my computer. We'll be working. So anyways, uh, they lock their doors for the first time and they put those sen- motion sensor lights on the outside of their house. And a few of the other neighbors do as well. I don't know if they're doing it just coincidentally at the same time or if she is broadcasting that her daughter's underwear has been going. Right. Yeah, it's unclear. <laughs> they did. They were unclear about that. Oh, and the guy who's putting them up, wasn't it? The, uh, wasn't it Fuller who was putting up the lights? Jack? Yeah. We don't. It's so. I just thought that was a foreshadow that it was Jack because well, I was like, he's going to make those lights faulty. Jack doesn't do anything. We don't know that. We're trying to figure out who's doing it. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> it is Jack. <laughs> Would you think that that was suspicious? Like, you don't know who's stealing the underwear. And then you, so you pick someone from the neighborhood to install the security footage and stuff? For some reason, I did not think that was suspicious. But you'll figure out why in a second when I tell you who I thought it was this whole time. Um, Because I heard something weird. And I was like, oh, it's definitely this person. And I was dead wrong. So, uh, boy. Uh, So a few days, weeks, nobody knows. Uh, Time passes. And then there's something in the paper about a man breaking into a woman's house, tying her up and sexually assaulting her. And he takes pictures of her at like kind of every stage of the assault. So everyone now is on edge. But you're forgetting the main part of that scene, which is when the mom comes in with the paper, Ron is so unimpressed because he's scraping off the most burnt piece of toast we've ever seen. It's black. And he could not care less that there have been break-ins and panty stealing. And that was when I started being suspicious of him because he does not seem to care. Of Ron? Yeah. Oh, no, I thought that's who I thought it was. I thought it was Ron the whole time. Yeah, he um, doesn't seem to care enough. And then she'll like pat him on the back and be like, "There's something's happening," and he's like yawning. Like, but he did that funny. He has that funny line when she tells him about the underwear. He says, "He says, oh, it's not my size," and it's a good throwaway line. And I wonder if the actor did that. It was good. Ron was all right. Um, Ron has a couple of good moments in this. <laughs> I like Ron could have flown free, but he was constrained, I think, by his resemblance to the other man. 
But you're right. He could have, that actor shined in this role. For sure. Um, and I wonder if he auditioned for the other role too. Mm, but this is the bigger role. Yeah. It's the better role. It's the role that I would want. I would not want to be Russ. Well, you're in more so, scenes. Yeah. But you get to mm. yawn a lot and act like you don't care that your stepdaughter is being maybe going to be attacked. I would be worried if I was a father, if my daughter's maybe not. I don't know. He's a pretty relaxed guy. Well, well, he's too relaxed. We'll see. Okay. Or is he too relaxed? Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. So, but now everyone in the neighborhood is on edge, not just Monique because of the missing underwear. Everyone's worried about this assault. I'm assuming that this area is very small. Very so, small. They act uh, like there's only five people in the neighborhood. Yeah, and they're really close, but, or not close, but I mean, closer than neighbors that I know. You know, they do have barbecues and block parties and all that stuff. So one night as they're getting into bed, you hear a scream coming from Miranda's room and it is Miranda screaming. Sorry, I don't know why I wrote it like that. Miranda is screaming and we cut to commercial. When we come back from commercial, it's a red herring. It was just a nightmare. She was having a dream that she was being strangled, which is not great, but it's not. She's actually, it's not that she's actually being strangled. So the next Are scene- Are we sure? Yeah, we're not sure. So I I don't know why they told us that, but I don't think so because I did some outside research. So I I don't think so. Well, in real life, we don't think. Were they trying to imply that maybe she really was, but she woke up and then she thought she was dreaming? But I don't think the real Miranda would appreciate that. So I don't know. Right. Them embellishing part of the I would not like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Next scene is the neighbors out. This is the aforementioned, very complicated at the lake chopping wood scene. They're all chopping wood out by, and by they all, I mean the closest friends, which is Monique and Ron and Russ and Shirley are by the lake chopping wood. Russ and Ron look so much alike in this scene. It's literally, it's all it is, is two different flannel shirts. One of them's purple and one of them's red, I think. And you can't... I need to speak to the casting director. Like I've never, (laughs) and I'm watching this show dark on Netflix, which is in German subtitles. And there's two guys that look kind of alike. And it's so confusing because the show is incredibly confusing and you need like a spreadsheet and a pie chart and a family tree. Like you need a big whiteboard is what I'm trying to say. I understand. um, It's so confusing. And this should not have been that confusing. Well, Ron does a good job. No, that's true. So you I, you could have put Ron as Russ and then picked another guy to look to be Ron, the husband. Well, maybe that's actually how he looked in real life. But we don't get to see that. So it's not like we have to, because you're right. If he, we had seen him, we would have been like, oh, that was good casting. They That guy looks really like Ron, but we don't get to meet Ron. Correct. So we just start flailing. Um they're they're chopping wood by the lake, which also seems beautiful. Russ says that he's going to kill anyone if, you know, he, they ever get near Shirley. And Russ, I guess, is always a little bit over the top. He's kind yeah, of Yeah, very... I thought it was Ron that said that. Russ said that. He's very military because remember, Russ is married <laughs> to Shirley. I wasn't until the wife said, dear, calm down. And I was like, oh, that's the other wife. Okay. And he's doing a little bit of an accent. Russ is. Um, that's yes. Is his the kind of Irish? A little bit. Just at the ends of sentences. I don't, 
I don't know where he got a hold of those tapes, but those tapes weren't right. So maybe they were like in the sun in the car, you know, like your your little your um, cassette tapes, they can melt a little and then it would cause some warping. And then the sound would be like, oh, like it could be or maybe he has an inner ear problem, like a little slight infection. And so he was hearing things with the wrong inflection. Oh, oh, hey. Okay. No. okay. Good job. Anyways. That's <laughs> good. That's so, really good. Um, okay. Okay. After our chopping wood scene, we get a date. It's September 30th. Doesn't matter. Just letting you know. Monique gets up from bed. It's nighttime. She gets up and Hershey, the dog, is pacing up and down, really agitated. She said that was really rare. At this point, we see a guy walking outside with big black trash bags. What? Wait, was that the guy that was pulling something out of the truck? Kind, is he pulling something out of the truck? Because I see him walking with two huge trash bags okay, over his shoulder. There's like several like weird cutaway shots that happen in the middle of the night, and yes. we don't get to know at all what's happening. No, this is that. And okay, I don't... and then one guy's jogging by somebody else in yes. the truck, and then... All I noticed was the truck had a bumper sticker that said, drive it like you stole it. <laughs> it does? Yeah. And then I thought in the trash bags were was like a body because it looks like a body. Drive it like you stole it? Yeah. So I'm guessing they mean drive it fast, right? Would that? Does that sound like, like typical Canadian? Canadians don't do No, that's like, like that. Texas. Yeah. That's like Florida. Yeah. What? Mm-mm. It was weird. That's weird. Oh. But what's wrong with me that I was more paying attention to that than the possible body that he was pulling out of the back well, of the truck? I could barely see it because there's something weird with my phone where dark scenes, if I'm watching them in the wrong light, I can barely see what's happening. So I'm like, That's I hope why he... you didn't catch Ontario, Canada, because you're was watching it, it on dark? your phone. I always watch. I watch everything on my phone. That we gotta it's get so you a new system. Rare that I watch things on the TV. We gotta get you a system. I watch on the iPad a lot. I just couldn't today. I watch on phone or iPad. I would say let's it's about all half chip and half. in and get Katie a nice TV. I have a TV. I just can't. I don't. My my Roku is so janky that like that stop start and go back. I it's really hard for me to do it on that. It's much easier on my phone. So if I'm what doing if a I get recap, you a Fire Stick? They're very cheap. I like my Fire Stick better than my Roku. You don't need to get it for me. I can get it. All right, I'll consider it. Nobody wants to hear about this. They don't care about fire sticks. What they are going to care about, besides Hershey the dog, who is never heard from again, literally in the entire episode. You what know happens who else to Hershey? Heard from? He ran off with the son. Yeah. <laughs> they went Where's off Cameron? and got married. We don't Cameron know where he and is. Hershey went He's to Hershey, 14. Pennsylvania, oh and goodness. to college. He's, he was like, "No one's paying attention to me." Yeah, I didn't get yeah. one line in this. He did get a line in the very, very opening when they're riding the bikes. He says something or he gets like a slow-mo hug or something. Something happens with Cameron. It's fast, but it's there. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, he got credit for it. He got Taft Hartley. So anyways. I don't um, think so. <laughs> probably not. He didn't get to speak. Uh, so the guy is walking with black trash bags. It's foreshadowing something signifying nothing. It's we don't know. Uh, later, Monique and Ron are asleep again. Sorry, it's lots of them waking up from bed. It happens about eight times in the episode. It does. And then sometimes when she wakes up, she starts blowing her nose and coughing. And you think in the next scene, it's going to be a continuation of that. Like she's very sick and something that has to do with the plot. But it doesn't. 
never happens again until later on she's in the kitchen and she starts blowing her nose. I wasn't going to bring it up yet, but you're totally correct. Why are they adding these You are elements? blowing my best thing. Yes. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know why she's sick, but they have her have a constant cold. Don't know. Like allergies or something. Don't. it? N- they never explain it. But no. she's. Character I've choice? never seen someone blow their nose so much on camera. For like, not a purpose for the plot. No. She's not crying and blowing her nose. She has like, yeah sniffles all the time with the balled up tissue i don't know it's a weird choice i don't maybe there was a scene that was cut do you think that monique met with the actress and the actress was like tell me something about yourself that like something that you would do all the time i would like to do i would like to do this as realistically as possible so what's something that you i mean do you brush your hair back from your face you know i'm guarantee you and she said (laughs) well I have seasonal allergies right. and I blow my nose a lot. Right. That's it. I, I have a sinus condition. Yeah. I'll that causes it. constant nasal drip. But she didn't tell that to the director. So the director is like, why does this actress keep ruining every take? And then they just left it in because she was insisting. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's exactly what happened. Solved it. So Monique and Ron are asleep again. I'm not sure if it's the same night that the dog was pacing. We don't know. Could be the next night. But this time when she wakes up, there are sirens. And the police are over at Sarah and Bruce's, the young couple that fights all the time. Mm. Sarah and Bruce at this point are separated. And Ron thinks that there's been some kind of a disturbance from Bruce showing up and causing trouble. So Ron goes outside, comes back in, and it turns out that actually Sarah has been sexually assaulted. It's terrible, but at the same time, I was happy that Ron finally seemed to appreciate the severity of the situation. What what was the severity of the situation thus far? Somebody elsewhere had been assaulted and his daughter's underwear had gone missing. To a dude, that's like, okay, how is this directly affecting me? Oh. That's how he's going to be. For Ugh. sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't I be disappointed I in Ron. I expected more of Ron. I don't. To be a caring stepfather and to like... Is he a stepfather? I think so. Maybe Who not. Who said that? Well, she said my daughter. It's so... their daughter. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought she had a daughter. I don't think so. No, they had she children said, together. My daughter was so-and-so. And, <laughs> and, and I think it's okay. And my son, Cameron, was this age. And I was like, oh, okay, stepfather. I think you would only say our daughter if he was sitting next to you. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Otherwise, it's my daughter, right? I don't know what, that, what the rule is on that. Anyways, Sarah has been sexually assaulted. Ron is taking it seriously. Monique says she no longer wants to be at that house. And at that point, it had been two women assaulted within two weeks of each other. And I think that's what gets Ron's attention more than anything, is that mm-hmm. the, the time that it's, mm-hmm. this is quick. So the police think that the assailant may have actually come in off the lake. Like one if by land, two if by sea. (laughs) That's the sensor lights are like doing a thing. Um, So then they go off on some sort of strange tangent about how Brian likes to hunt deers and people might be suspicious of him. That's just a sentence thrown in there. I don't know why. It's just so strange. Also, they're in Canada. I think there's lots of hunters. Yeah. But it didn't seem to apply to what they were talking about. And then it was like, and then 
she would say things like, I'm suspicious of anyone. It could be anyone. And then someone would say, well, Brian likes to hunt. And she would say, you don't think. And it was like, you just said you were suspicious of everyone. Exactly. What are you talking about? I also wrote, why, what, why Brian, the mayor of Cozy Cove? There's too many names. That's what I wrote. Because I had to figure out who Brian was. And I'm like, Right, and in my head, I'm still picturing the brunette guy. No, Brian. Brian's the white-haired Santa Claus. Santa Claus. The one without... actually flipping the burgers. Okay. Mayor. Um, yeah. So at this now, Monique is doing another non sequitur and says that she could go to rest with any worries that she had. And then I realize in this scene. Oh, sorry. Is this a? This is another scene where we're seeing Russ and Ron together because they look exactly like here too. Mm. This is another time. She said she'd go to rest with any worries, and I had thought she was talking to Ron. I thought so, too. I was like, oh, she's become close to the neighbor. So Monique then decides that she's going to go visit Sarah and brings her a carrot cake, which I thought was very nice because it's Sarah's favorite. I thought it seemed a little soon. A little soon? Well, she she said first she said, I'm going to go visit her in the hospital, like the next day. Yeah, that and was And I was weird like, do you thing. want your neighbor coming to visit you in the hospital? Hmm. After you've been assaulted? Was she a nurse? I mean, does she have nursing skills? Was <laughs> she going to, so. like, assist? Right. I know. I don't, I don't think so. But then you're right. When she does go bring the cake, it's at the home. So she waits. She waits the appropriate amount of time, and she goes to the house. Yeah. So she rethought the hospital. So we did not need that hospital conversation in the slightest, which is why I didn't write it down, because there's a few scenes in here that so I was like, we don't, we don't need that. It's one sentence. Like, we go from maybe Brian likes to hunt deer and suspicious to I can really go to Russ with anything. Well, Stop also, throwing names at us. I so can't keep there's up. that, and then every scene when we come back from commercial starts with a 30 second clip of what has happened thus far so a lot of the show is um things like blowing noses that don't make a lot of sense and then rehashing things that just happened two minutes ago and i hope it doesn't sound like we're being harsh i think i loved this show it's great after finding out a lot of outside information on this case, I feel like we could have found out some other things rather than what we actually saw. Does that make sense? Yes. There's a few things. Okay. Anyways. But again, we're huge fans. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. And I'm a big fan of good reenactments. And so far, the reenactments that I've seen on this show, on this network, have not mm-hmm. disappointed. They look good. They're shot well. They're clean. And all of the interviews look like documentary style. Yeah. And I like that. That's true, actually. That's a good point. It looks like really high quality. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So brings her a carrot. So Monique is bringing Sarah a carrot cake. And then when Sarah opens her door, I don't know if you noticed, but right behind her head, it looks, she's got these bulletin boards up with just pictures and papers. Yes, I did notice that. Is she tracking a murderer? Maybe. There wasn't any red string, though. If there had been any red string... I mean, it was this close. It was yeah. inches away. Okay. Yeah. From being the set that. designer had a field day. I think they used something from a different set. I think they had like a FBI headquarters set up and were like, oh, move those <laughs> over. This goes over to a woman's house. Take, take off the pictures of the bodies though. Okay. That's yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> so um, she, so Sarah's obviously still pretty shaken up. It. We don't know how many days have passed at this point, maybe 24 hours, 48 hours. I don't know. Um mm-hmm. Monique asks her, like, delicately, if Sarah has seen Bruce. And Sarah says something that's 
uh, she says she wishes it had been Bruce. She said that might be terrible, but like she she wishes it had been, I think just so you know, I think the worst part for Sarah is right. that she, her attacker was masked. So right. um, she says, but it's not him. It was not his voice or his hands. And then she said that she did the smartest thing that I've heard in a while, which is when the intruder left her, she listened really carefully for a car backing up, a car pulling any sort of like driveway noise, a motorcycle, nothing. Mm-hmm. Total silence, she says, which means that she thinks he was on foot. Or don't, don't, don't. But by kayak. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my water sound effect. That was um, good. So now Monique. Oh, and then Sarah says that she she thinks that she knows his voice, though. She's been thinking and thinking, and she thinks that the voice sounds familiar to her. Like it was a voice that she's heard before, a voice that she knows. <gasps> it's someone from Cozy Cove. Mm-hmm. All right. So back from commercial break, Monique tells us that she thinks it could be anyone. Brian, J- Jack. I think she says Jack, Russ. It basically could be anyone but her husband. But there's only like four men in that town, though. Uh, or four men they that know. we've met. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not her husband because she loves and trusts him, which immediately I was like, well, he's the one. He did it. Yeah. And this is going to turn into a really sad episode because um, he's in prison. Uh, did you think at that point the husband did it? No. Once he started to care, I was like, okay, I don't think it's him. Oh, okay. And then so, I realized I knew this story. So Oh, really? Okay. So <laughs> then we're at another scene. I don't know exactly what's happening. Monique is doing something outside and it looks very cold and she's only in a sweater and I was really worried about her. And I believe it's Russ that catches up to her. It's Russ? In the in the fringy scarf? Yeah. Yeah, that was Russ. Workout. Okay. So yeah. hard to tell. Russ catches up to Monique outside and says like, what if it is Brian? Basically, yeah, put, he putting... throws Brian on there to the bus. So, yeah, so he says that it's, it suggests Brian. And I wrote at this point, but it's definitely Russ. I had decided that it was Russ. Um, I changed my mind from the husband. I literally changed my mind in the space of 30 seconds from one conversation. Also, they look like the same person. So you... it was hard to tell. Either way, could... yeah. Either one. Um, so... Two days later, they tell us this, two days later, Monique is visiting Sarah again because, as Monique says, they had become really close and really good friends. But the little letters on the screen just told me it was only two days later. And you, she brought her another carrot cake. How many carrot cakes can a person oh. eat in two days? Well, how I guess cl- a lot. How close I could can eat you a get, lot. How close can you get in two days? Really in good friends. In a quarantine-type situation. Very sure. close. But that... I feel like after that one conversation, Monique was like, we're best friends now. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it sounded to me, too. So Sarah says that Brian keeps calling to check on her. When Monique comes over, she's on the phone and Brian's like, are you doing okay? How's it going? Um, Is there anything I can do to help? That's it for that scene. I thought Brian was her ex. No, Brian. No, that's (laughs) Bruce. That's why I thought. And I was like, oh, she's made up with him. It's her ex. He's trying to win her over after he's made her a victim. And now he's going to use that weakness to, like, get with her. 
It was Brian. It was Brian, the mayor of Cozy Cove. Please don't get mad at us for this episode, guys. It's a it lot was of very confusing names and short scenes. Um, and I am not also, as probably well-versed. wasn't that confusing at all in the recapping. Yeah, it's true. I have no excuse. I'm just going to keep pressing on. I just feel really dumb that I was this confused. So, yeah, we've had a couple of confusing episodes lately. But, like, those were actually confusing. This shouldn't have been that confusing. They looked identical, and they introduced everyone really fast. And they all had, like, it was either BB or RR. Yeah, exactly. How am I supposed to? Okay, so we're going to keep going. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. Now Monique hears on the on some sort of radio where she's listening to the news that there have been over 100 incidents in the area and Oof. many report missing undergarments. Many of these incidents. So I'm sorry. There have been over 100 incidents in the area. Is that 100 assaults? Um, Maybe just underwear and assaults and peeping toms, things of that nature. Okay, because that's very unclear because I was led to believe, I just realized that it was, I thought it was over 100 assaults. No, it's just incidents. Yeah. Okay. So now Monique is petrified because of the missing undergarments. She's really scared, calls Ron. And at this point, before we jump to commercial again, we get the creepiest B-roll ever of now it's not just the underwear or the underwear drawer, it's a pair of hairy men's ankles that are kind of skinny, slipping on little girl underwear. Pasty white hairy legs. No, thank you. Put it on Tuesday. Why are, why do we need to see that? Why did they do that? It's Tuesday. That's what he does on Tuesdays. Did you stop? Did you think that that was really bad? I was really grossed out. I was like, oh, that's a lot. Oh, yeah, it was terrifying. Okay. It's disgusting. And I also didn't think that he was going to put them on. Okay, we'll get to that. But I didn't he think had he to was put, them, put on. them on. He was nude, presumably. We don't know. We only see his lower legs. It's really creepy. They're, yeah, it's... Okay. Also, though, Monique calls Ron and says, come home right now. And then the next scene is like, a week later and like we don't know what happened when he came home that's exactly right the next scene is one week after we're told it's one week later um it's halloween now so i guess we got that september 30th date everything in here is taking place between september 30th and october 30th huh but that september 30th was already partially through so if something it started in august it had to we'll never know so it's halloween time because there's jack-o'-lanterns that's all i've got um Monique comes home from work and sees police and forensic people all over Brian's house. And they're taking him in. Brian's been arrested, arraigned. I'm not sure how it works in Canada. So uh, she calls Sarah and apparently Sarah says that it just clicked with her. That that's why Brian was being so nice and so attentive was because he did it. Mm-hmm. 
couple of problems with this. Um, Ron is 100% correct because he says, well, Brian is old. He's a million years old. Also, Brian is 250 pounds. So that I felt like was a really good argument because I think that you would know if your attacker was a very large man, right? I didn't think it was that large. And I don't even think 250 pounds for a very tall man is like... He wasn't tall. He was short. Oh, yeah. I guess he wasn't that tall. He was double the size of every other man that we saw. Yeah, I guess. So I'm just saying those are good arguments that Ron says. When Ron's like, I'm very surprised. This is surprising just yeah. because of size. So now it's a new scene and it's game night. I don't know how much later this is. Maybe that night? Maybe a couple nights later. I don't know. Okay. Miranda, um, the daughter, had apparently taught her neighbor Russ how to play cribbage. So yeah, they that's are- not weird. No, it's fine. So they're all sitting around the table. Well, I mean, it's not if they're family friends, you know, that's fine. I mean, I don't think it was private lessons. I'm picturing more like Russ comes over and Miranda's like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to do this. And they're all there together. I don't know. They seemed very familiar. And then he's like, that's my girl. And I was like, mm. Ew. yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. That's gross. I, no, it's totally fine if they're family friends, but coinciding with what has been happening in the neighborhood, I just feel like the yeah. mom would maybe be a little uncomfortable considering she has suspected everyone in the town. But I think that the cribbage had happened way before. No, they've been playing for years. I'm just making stuff up in my head. I don't think they lived there that long, did they? Oh, for goodness sakes. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> None of my, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Yes, I don't know why Monique is not suspicious. This seems very suspect. So they're all playing cribbage. Russ is, starts acting really, really weird. Shirley's sort of like trying to shoot the breeze and saying, you know, no one ever really liked Brian. Um, Russ, you never liked Brian. And Russ like way overreacts and says, it's not him. It's not him, okay? It's not him. He's a freaking idiot. Like kind of. Well, like he's not smart enough to do it? Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. He's not smart enough to do it. Clearly, Russ is just upset because he's playing cribbage next to Ron and they're dressed in identical flannel shirts. Yeah. And they're sitting right next to each other at the table. Anyways, uh, Russ thinks that, you know, you've got to be dumb if you think it was Brian. Uh, But I do feel like Russ had already at this point told Monica, told Monique that it was, that he thought it was Brian. Yeah, you're right. It is like a couple scenes apart. Yeah, you're right. It's a little confusing. He kind of throws Brian under the bus. It's, he cre- he's creating an incredibly awkward game night uh, at it the was. end of the day. It yeah. kind of ruined the mood for me. And I was it's, all like, cribbage, fun. I want to learn game night. Love it. No. Awkward. No. It was really bad because Russ has some sort of anger management problem. So then the doorbell rings. Thank God. So it breaks the tension. Monique jumps up and it's Brian at the door. Brian, who was just arrested. When Right when Monique jumps up, the daughter goes to her room or like exits the kitchen for no reason and then just isn't there the rest of the scene. Like, did she have to go to the bathroom at that moment when the doorbell rings? I didn't. And I'm sure that the director and everyone else there was really hoping no one would notice. <laughs> Because I'm sure maybe that scene took a while to shoot and it was like, okay, we're getting into double time. They can't keep a minor there that long. And they had to cut her, let her go. 
And people like you are the reason that they're like, oh, there's someone out there that's going to notice. I was that like, she there, it's leaves. like a suspicious something. Like she'll recognize whoever is the voices of the person at the door, and then that's how we'll know who the person. So they can't be in the same room. So if you watch the episode a second time, like then you'll. You know, like if you watch one of those movies a second time and it all holds up like a sixth sense, you watch it the second time holds up. So, like, that's what I thought it was going to be. I guess not. <laughs> that's amazing. No, it's, they they just had to let her go. It's just okay. rules. So Brian's there. I didn't I was surprised. He had apparently taken a lie detector test and passed. And so they set him free. Thoughts. OK, that's it. In Canada, that's all you need. Yeah, that's that's literally all they said. So, yeah, forensic and cops crawling through his house. Oh, you passed your lie detector. Get out of here. eh? Yeah, they trust you if you say you didn't do it. And the needles not going off the charts. Yeah, sure. And you live in a street like called Cozy Cove. Sure. You could definitely didn't do it. Um, And you're the mayor of Cozy Cove. Okay. the unofficial mayor. You go home. eh? Yeah. Yeah. Stop and get some Tim Hortons. Is that what it's called? That coffee? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Timmy Hortons? All right, I'm going to be quiet. I got to look that up. So anyways. Monique invites him in. Oh, yeah. And he sits at the table. Says, what are we playing, eh? So there's a rapist loose in your neighborhood. You are continuing to host cribbage nights with your neighbors who you think might be rapists. One gets released from the prison, from jail, and then you invite him in because you're that polite because you're Canadian with yeah. your daughter still in the home. It's like a game of it's like the movie Clue. Like, let's just invite all the suspects in and we'll suss it out. What? Yeah, except there is no Wadsworth. So I mean, if ever there was a time for a quarantine, this is the time for a quarantine, Monique. You lock up those doors and you you can be impolite to the neighbors for two seconds. Postpone the cribbage. It is really now weird. Now not also, a good time, Brian. You've just does, been released from prison. Why did Brian come over just to say hi? Hi, he I'm He said, out. I just wanted to let you guys know. Or I wanted to let so-and-so know. I can't remember who he said. That I didn't do it? Yeah, that I've been released. I thought he was going to let his wife know, but I don't know if he has a wife. Um, but it's like, what the cojones does this guy have to be released from prison and then just walk right up to his neighbor's door, knock on the door and be like, hi, it's me. I'm out now. Like not going into your house and being ashamed. All I can think is that they're very diff- They just think very differently than we do in Cozy Cove. Yeah, you're right. It's a whole different lifestyle up there. Yeah. And every time I say Cozy Cove, it sounds like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> they lived on Cozy Cove, Cozy Cove Lane, right? Okay, never mind. All right. Anyways, a woman's body has been found on an army base, dead. She's She was attacked in a similar fashion that the other women were attacked, but this time she was killed. And as winter comes on, that's all we get about that. Winter's coming on. Oh, that maybe that's why she's sneezing so much. Because winter's coming. Yeah. That's why. And, well, we knew winter was here because jack-o'-lanterns. Well, that's fall. End of fall. So the police have nothing. They have hit a dead end. And now we get one month later on the bottom of the screen. So it's November. Don't know. Monique is working at her bus stop restaurant. Did you catch that? She works at truck stop restaurant, then a bus stop restaurant. 
Oh, I thought it looked like a cute little cabin. It was a bus stop restaurant. You're right, because then she does say, yeah, you're totally right. I think bus well, stop it, restaurants and truck stop restaurants are very different in Canada than they I are think here. so, too. Here, yeah. it's like serial killer land. Yeah. There, it seems very cute and pleasant. Here, it's like there's drug deals. That's where you meet to do a drug deal and everything goes wrong and everyone dies, right? Yeah. Not there. Um, as she's working at her job, a woman comes in and she has flyers for a pretty young girl named Jessica who has gone missing. It's her friend. There was a apparently a gray pickup had been seen parked near her house. Yeah, remember that because later it doesn't make any sense. No. Um, so Monique is very distraught and of course obviously everyone's thinking that it's probably the same guy. Who's she also been... lets the girl put the things up in the on the door. And I was thinking her manager's not going to like that. I feel like Monique is the manager. Oh, good for her. Yeah. So, and then also I think that again, they're very nice and this is a bus stop. So lots of people come in. And so it just looked like an adorable little like log cabin type, like little cafe. It looked like what I imagine the inside of that place with the windmills looks like. What's that? Anderson pea soup Anderson's. Do you know the restaurant I'm talking about? It's got windmills. Oh, like Solvang. Have you been to Solvang? Are the, you say, is that a place? The Dutch town? It's out by Santa Barbara? No, I have not. Oh, my. It sounds delightful, though. I would like to go. It is very delightful. It's very cute. Okay, I think you would like it. That's going to be a plan after quarantine. Right, I love so. Nordic things. Oh, my God. You would die. I'm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, birthday, Christmas, next holiday. We're going to Solvang. Okay. Anyways, on her way home, the police are stopping every single car in or out of the area to look at tire treads. So at this point, this is some serious police work. And I'm like, okay, so this is getting as much as I didn't think that it was very serious because they let Brian go after his lie detector. This is very intense. Yeah, maybe the Mounties are involved now. Oh, I think for sure the Mounties are there. Um, They're checking every car for tire treads because... First of all, it's also only 24 hours out from Jessica going missing. And so they have a chance to to get her back, you know. Mm, mm. And so they're looking for tire treads that were in her in her driveway, basically in her area that didn't match any of her cars or anyone else's car. Now, Monique blows her nose again and goes to bed. And then all of a sudden it's the next night. It's a little confusing. We just are flipping nights the very next night. Monique is home again from work and sees the police right in front of Russ and Shirley's house. Mm. So Monique thinks something has happened to Shirley. She panics. She runs in and Ron says, no one will tell me anything. And so right then the phone rings and literally the reaction we get from Ron is, hey, he picks up the phone. Hey, and then talk, 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 talk. Oh, and hangs up. That's a Canadian conversation. I love Canada. Go to commercial. Come back from commercial and we find out. It was weird the way they reveal it. It's like it was still in flashback. It was like it was we were still coming back and we had just seen this, but we hadn't. It was new information, Mm -hmm. but it blended with the flashback scene that they do when they come back. Because he says something like when he hangs up, he looks at Monique and he says, Shirley and Russ 
and then it cuts to commercial. He says the two names. And then when we come back, it's the continuation of that. And it's Russ has confessed. So here's what happened. It's been Russ the whole time. Surprise, surprise. Did you know it was Russ for sure? I knew it was Russ. I think we all knew it was Russ at this point. Um, yeah, and once case- I realized what the case was. Also, there is a point where when they're here, that, that army woman was killed and Ron goes, that's the army base Russ works on. I bet he knew her. And then she's like, you don't think it was? No, of course not. But that there's a woman who's attacked in your town and then on the army base where he works, it's like closing in. It's just a little bit. Come- but well, definitely on, have but him over for cribbage. Yeah, have him over. It's great. They were right in the middle of a tournament. They had to keep going. So the police told Russ that he needed to come down to the police station in Ottawa. And at first he says, it's not me. He goes to the police station and says, it's not me. It's not me. But his tire tracks match the tire tracks at the missing girl's house. They took DNA and blood sample from him and it was all a match. So mm. then he confesses. Now... I'm assuming that you wanted to talk about the truck, the fact that it's not a gray truck. Correct. Is that right. a red herring? It is a covered cab a truck. It's gray, but it has a gray cover on the cab. No, but I, when I saw it, it was green. Oh, I saw gray. When he's driving by next to her? It's gray. To I was like, oh, green. Russ has a gray truck. Oh, so maybe it wasn't. I thought it was a mistake. Oh, or the red, the gray truck was a red herring the whole time. Oh, no, was not. But it was a little sneaky because they had the cat, like the cover on it. So it looks and like an I SUV. was going to go back and remember that truck where you saw somebody pulling a something out of that looks like a body. Yeah, I and didn't go had, back. And he had the bumper sticker. I didn't know. I couldn't remember what truck color that was. And I did not oh. go back. What did that bumper sticker say? Drive it like you stole it. Why would Russ have a bumper sticker Not like that? Not very military. Very strange. But again, Mi- we don't know that that was Russ. It could have been some other murderer pulling a body out of a car. Also, pre-owned, pre- pre-owned vehicle can't get it off. Right. Does that? Ha- yeah, the bumper sticker sometimes. It but would then, just- wouldn't you put like a Canadian, like Semper Fi, like a Canadian yeah, motto totally- on? Yeah, the- it's like for- doing a tattoo over, like. Yeah. Over a bad tattoo, you cover it up with another tattoo. I feel like you would. That's weird. Um, Okay. So when he confesses, this is the information that we find out from Monique. He had apparently blindfolded and bound Jessica, the missing girl. This is the latest girl who was missing. Proceeded to videotape and rape her for 24 hours. And then strangle her in Cozy Cove. So this all happened right next door. Um. This is actually when I start to realize why the episode, because up until this point, I wasn't sure why this is on the don't watch alone list. And this this part until the end is very dark. Yeah. And they are playing um, a soundtrack underneath it that's very sort of spooky uh, girl with the dragon tattoo sounding. Mm. It's sort of just wah, wah, wah. It's that just it's spooky sounding. So the police ask, they ask Russ where the body is. And he just says, got a map, which is really cruel sounding. Yeah. Uh, And they found the body and he's a no nonsense military guy. Yeah. And he just doesn't care, which makes it a little bit 
I mean, it's spooky enough. And now we find out that he's a complete, like, sociopath. So he confesses to absolutely everything, including taking all the underwear. Now here's what... This is what you really understand why it's on the list. So he took photographs of all of the... Not only the women that he assaulted, but all of the items that he stole. Um he he had taken Miranda, the young girl, Monique's daughter's underwear, and he had pleasured himself while wearing it. He put it on and pleasured himself. Now, she's having a really difficult time talking about this, obviously. I found it Monique, kind of hard. Monique, the mom, yeah. Monique was. I found it really hard to watch because she's clearly not wanting to say the M word. Yeah. Like, she just kind of can't. Yeah, she's she's crying at this point and says she's like pure. She's she's uh, this, pure and soft. This is really. Yeah, this would really do a number on a mom, I think, um, oh, because yeah. this is a family friend. This is someone you knew and trusted. Your daughter had taught him cribbage. I mean, you were really this is bad. Um, she said that she when she found out, she actually threw up. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll bet. Um, she said it was the hardest thing she's ever had to live through was mm. all of this. Now, I'm not sure why they told her. I'm not sure how she found out that that's what he did with the underwear. I'm a little upset that she found they out. They told her. Yeah. I think it, sometimes your imagination just let it be. Like, right. you don't actually need to know. Right, so, yeah. I don't know why he told the police that. Well, he maybe had pictures also. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but it sounds like he was very forthcoming with the information, too. Yeah, it does. And we get to see some pictures coming up. Um, they're telling us that now through words that in October 2010, he was given two life sentences for murder. And interspersed between these next bits of information are pictures of him wearing um, either underwear or possibly a leotard, some sort of undergarment, like a close to the body. Yes, yeah, some are like panties and a bra. And then some are, one is definitely full on, looks like a bathing suit. One of them is definitely a bathing suit, maybe a workout something. Um, Yeah. It's not, it's, and he's in them. Like he, and also he looks a little bit like the actor. So that's also why I wasn't that mad when you actually see the picture of, of Russ. Um, He's, it's really creepy because he's a full blown man, like stretched into these, little women's items. So he's given two lessons. Not that sen- there's anything wrong with cross-dressing. Oh, I th- I think in this case, there's something wrong with him <laughs> cross-dressing. We're going to go with... In this situation, In this yes, situation, we are in very a wrong. Buffalo Bill-type yeah. cross-dressing situation, yeah. which is not okay. No. Um, two life sentences for murder, two 10-year sentences for sexual assault, and 82 one-year sentences for breaking and entering, which makes me think that there were 82 items that they found. So you I only think, took one item per house? No, I think that's it's, not right. I think it's why it's so specific, though. I think it's how they were able to track the things. I can't... Can you imagine if you were one of them? How scary that would be. Yeah, no, it's horrible. It's horrible. Because he just escalated and escalated. And then they show a picture of all of the underwear and like all of the items he took together. And it's like, a, it's a massive amount. It's massive. 
part that was weird for me is that the reenactor forensic guy is opening his drawers and pulls out a dresser drawer and it's like filled with women's underwear. But then I was like, the wife never knew. And then I get, I think I read that they were kind of like living separately at that time. Um, yeah, they had two houses, but he kept it so right in the open. It was just in his underwear. Drawer. He didn't. That was a. He did not. That was a forensic. That was yeah. a a choice by the show. That was I a see. choice by the show. He kept them in duffel bags in two different homes. That's where they found them all. I see. Not just in an underwear drawer. No, they actually said he did a pretty good job of hiding them so that his wife would not know. So Shirley would not know. Mm. So now we get the OMG moment of probably the year. I'm just going to say the year because um, Shirley and in 2000, this happened in 2010. Yeah, sure. Okay. So Monique and Ron and family move out in 2013, which shocked me. I was like, wait, so three years later you move out? But weren't you like, uh, no wonder you moved out. No, but you should have moved out in 2010, right? Yeah. Later in 2000, like a month later, you yeah. move. But then you don't they, wait for escrow. You just they go. Do, they do make a big deal about wanting to live in a waterfront property, etc. I mean, I, I get it. But okay, what actually happened is in 2013. What the heck? They purchase Russ and Shirley's home, the home next door, because. What? They've decided that that shouldn't be known as the house where the murder happened. It should be known as the house that has good memories. So they're going to take their family there and replace it with good memories. How unbelievably traumatic for, for your the little daughter. girl. Who I, what the actual. I wrote, so your daughter has to live in the house of the man who stole her underwear and wanted to attack her. And killed and tortured a girl in the home. So, sorry. Plus, what, you guys have to move out of your home. Why not just let another nice family move in and build memories there? It doesn't okay. have to be you. They wanted the 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 lakefront. And then, because that's how she ends it with, and we have the most beautiful lakefront view. And the thing was, I was with Monique this entire journey, even through all of the who's that? What's that guy's name? Wait a minute. Through all of it, I was right there with Monique until this, like, last Yeah, and then I was seconds. trying to say, well, maybe the daughter was going away to college. She wasn't that old yet. She would be, like, 16, maybe. But it doesn't, you're, it, it doesn't even matter. She, you don't want her to come home from college to that neighborhood, period. Not let, the house where something terrible like that happened. Because you want, I don't understand. You I, can... You can just move or you could, but then why you're just moving next door. You're packing up your house and then moving next door. And it shows them, they, it reenacts them just like pulling suitcases over and other neighbors are like, and she says that the other neighbors loved it, that they did that. And I was like, I think she said they first thought it was weird, but then they thought it, they loved it. Did they say, did Maybe you want to think, did you want to hear wanna that? I want to think that I heard it in my heart because I felt it so strongly. Now, I was like, the, no, Monique. Here's the thing. This 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 could be a case where it's just different strokes for different folks. And what true. You're right. I, I can't judge like mm-hmm. what your decision is, but this is so not the decision that I would make that I'm struggling with it. It is would, so not the decision that I would have had a, agreed to go and talk about on ID Network. That too. I would have said I'll do it, but I'm not including that end part because we get hate mail every day. 
that is just okay. So, it seems cruel, and even though you asked your daughter and she probably said fine, you have to know that is doing like some sort of psychological trauma. Also, to you, you were traumatized as well. You don't know what effect it had on Cameron. Cameron ran away and took the dog with him. That's Cameron how traumatized he the was. They're in the wind. We you don't know where they see, are. Occasionally, they'll get a postcard that says, we are fine, mother. She's on an oil rig in Alaska yeah. making 30000 a season. Yeah, Question. but he never comes to visit. No, no. Um, I have something that, do you want something that's going to make it a little bit better? Yes, I do. Very okay. much so. So I read an article that talked a lot about Shirley, because the one thing Monique says is that her and Shirley are still friends. Mm -hmm. But I think they're very good friends Mm -hmm. because Shirley is being sued not only by Sarah, by the way, not her real name. Mm. Shirley's being sued by Sarah, who's saying that Shirley enabled her husband and knew about it, knew that he had this double life. So there's a lot in the lawsuit about this sort of transfer of money and transfer of funds, things like that, between Shirley and Russ. Something happened. They're divorced, by the way. They're divorced. They got divorced in prison. But before they divorced, there was a property ownership transfer. Well, he was in prison. She never went to prison for anything. And the house in Cozy Cove is their summer house. Mm -hmm. Russ and Shirley's. They don't Mm -hmm. live there full time. Mm-hmm. So they have another house in Ottawa that is a townhouse. Mm-mm. So I'm guessing Cozy Cove is kind of out of the way. So and also that would explain why Shirley wasn't there when right. he brought the young girl, yes. when he brought Jessica there. Right. Shirley doesn't live there most of right. the time. So anyways, there was some sort of transfer of ownership where it turned, it looked like Shirley was given half of the, or the townhouse and Russ kept the Cozy Cove house, even in the divorce. So because I think what was happening is in this lawsuit, the girl, Sarah, was trying to take everything from her, take her assets and use her assets to say like, well, she's worth this amount of money. So we're suing for this much. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. So Russ was basically trying to help her trying to help his wife, who he had wronged so horribly. This doesn't make anything Russ did okay. It doesn't Um, make it better that they moved into that house. It doesn't. But what happened was, here's the deal. Russ is the rightful owner of that house. Now, what Russ did is it said, in 2013, the house was sold in the article I read. And I'm like, oh, Monique and her husband bought the house from Russ. And in the stipulation, and it says in the article that... When the house was sold, $165,000, the selling price of the house, went in a trust for Shirley to pay for legal fees. So basically, Monique and her husband weren't just moving in for the happy memories. Monique and her husband are moving in to help their friend cover the cost of Sarah, who's suing them. Oh, okay. Does that make it a little bit better? I feel like... Yeah, okay. I wish that she'd got, I know she probably cannot legally go into any of that, but I'm like, it makes it a little bit more palatable that you would do this for your friend. You're like, still kind of picking your friend over your daughter's mental health, but whatever. Maybe the daughter's really fine with it. Her daughter at this point in the story you said three is years, 16. So yeah, she was. She, 12 to 13. So she's 15, 15 or 16. to 16. Yeah. 
it's not great, but I see why they did it. They yeah, did it for Shirley, whose life was ruined, too. I think that's actually kind of Monique to do that. I don't know if I would do it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do it. I'm not that nice. Well, also, you know a person was murdered in that house. If ever a ho- house was haunted, yeah. I don't care how good the view is. Yeah, some people love that, though. They want, but so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so th- that's like could be an appeal for some other family to come in that was like a little spooky. Oh, goth family. Yeah, goth family, you okay. know, and they'd build some happy goth memories there. Yeah, they would. But then Shirley wouldn't get money. So I guess I get it. I guess. So it's something like that. So really um, weird. I'm not, I'm bored. Also, all the, you're bored? I'm not on board. Oh, I was like, sorry. Also, all of the pictures that he took, don't Google image search him. No, I saw, I've seen those in People magazine. That was, cr- really? Yes. He took pictures in every outfit. I, I it was on the Dateline too. <gasps> tell me, tell me what the Dateline had that this didn't have. I don't remember. I wish I remembered. I have would have to watch it again, and I did what, not. What was the name of the Dateline? Uh, Conduct Unbecoming, and we chose not to do it because it was so horrific, and yet we're doing it here. Are you serious? We chose not to do it? I chose not to do it because so many people wrote and were like, that was the creepiest story I've ever seen that was so scary, that was so disturbing. It really is pretty, like, it's it's pretty gnarly. Um, also, he was like stripped of all. Oh, what did they say? Oh, Sword and Scale covered it too, by the way. And I, re- I just read the brief Sword and Scale thing. And he said that they burn his uniform and they sh- and they cut the metals. They like cut him in half and burn the uniform. I like that. And I was like, that's amazing. It's that's like disgrace. Justice. I like that. Yeah. It was so good, like visually um, awesome. And then... They talk a little bit. Obviously, Sarah is a fake name for the girl who lived down the street who was assaulted. But she talks in the article that I read. She was like, oh, my goodness. And she was saying the police didn't take her seriously. Uh, They thought she was lying. But I was trying to find any information on the mayor of Cozy Cove. And I could not. The real mayor or Brian? Brian. Mm. Cozy Cove is a street. He can't be a mayor. He's the unofficial mayor, like those towns that have a dog that's the mayor. But do they have mayors in Canada or are they constables? I don't know how to answer that without sounding dumb either way. So I'm just going to, I didn't hear the question and I (laughs) won't respond to it. You can't do that. That's cheating. I did it. I'm doing that next time. I'm going to use that. It's going to come back to bite you. (laughs) <laughs> I want to use that sometime. All right. Well, that's all we have for the Cozy Cove killings. Sleep tight. Love you. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so creepy. Don't Why look at the pictures. Why was she blowing her nose? What is Thunder Bay? We'll never know. <laughs> Why was she going through so much Kleenex? Where was Cameron? Such a good episode, guys. Really? Check it out. A- it's pretty good. Okay, we'll see what next week says. Oh, man, they're just getting cre- I don't know. They're all creepy. That's a pretty good list so far. We'll see if it keeps up. All right, everybody, stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay inside. We are the world. P- peace out. Protect your undies at all costs. Yeah, for real. Protect Tuesday. Lessons learned. Are we going to do lessons? What's the lesson? What's the takeaway from the episode? Protect- Locked underwear drawers. Protect Tuesday. Protect all Tuesdays. Bye, everybody. Bye.